Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the This Is About Bugs But We Won't Be Looking at Any Bugs edition. I love this. <laughs> this is awesome. That's right. Looking at bugs is so scary. It can be. It can be and unsettling. Talking mm-hmm. about bugs is also scary, but a lot less scary <laughs> than looking at them. Yes, which is what I do to you quite often. Yeah. I make you look at spiders and... Just their rub my nose eggs. in it. Yeah, they're <laughs> eggs. Hanging. Oh. That, like that one time it was hanging from a cave ceiling. Yeah, you Remember really that? made me look at that. <laughs> <laughs> None of that today. Today is in between 096 when scientists fed moon dust to cockroaches. That is yep. something you came up with on acid. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. During that period of time. Oh, you know what I mean? Of course. Of course. mm -hmm. They're like, this is a great idea (laughs) right before they come down off of freaking LSD. LSD, Yeah. Exactly. And uh, tea is covered in bug DNA. (laughs) No response. No response. Yeah. It's okay. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> I was trying to see how long you would let me just not say anything. It's gonna, um, it's I don't okay. even know what that means. Yeah. I, yeah, I hope you tell me. I know that's the purpose yeah. of this podcast, but <laughs> I just don't even know. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Jill. Okay. <laughs> well, we do know that I'm Jill Chacha. Yeah. And I am with the uh, flabbergasted Marissa Riley. That's me. I'm so <laughs> flabbergasted, you guys. I don't even know. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's so true. I have no <laughs> idea. I had no idea what uh, Jill was going to be talking about today. And now I sort of know, Mm. and I know that drugs were involved, (laughs) either with the subject or Jill. (laughs) We're going to find out. Someone here (laughs) was on drugs. We're going to find out today. Yeah. That's right. Today, Today we have two unusual stories about two unusual studies, but honestly, for this show... I think they're not unusual at all. To be honest, yeah, Yeah. not really unusual. For members of the flock, it should come as no surprise that humans will ask all sorts of wacky questions and do all sorts of wacky shit to answer them. It's true. There's an answer for everything. And (laughs) if you can think of it, someone's thought of something weirder. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's so real. Oh, yeah. Just... And not all of it is sex stuff. (laughs) No. I think that's the most insane part is like half the stuff we... more. Most of the stuff we talk about, which should be sex stuff, isn't sex stuff. Yeah. It does revolve around a butt, most of it. Yeah. But but not everything involving the butt Mm -hmm. is a sex thing. That's right. Whoa! (laughs) It's really interesting, though. It is. (laughs) That we do here. All the time. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All All the the goddamn time. So, questions. What kind of questions? Questions like, what happens if you eat moon dust? Or in this case... What if uh, some invertebrates eat moon dust? What now, happens? Now, isn't moon dust dirt on a different yeah. place? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, we're eating dirt today. <laughs> 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 and uh, our tea leaves covered in bug DNA. Yes. But don't worry, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> so. my immediate thought is yeah, like cockroach tea. And what does that hmm. mean? And will I ever drink tea again? <laughs> Will you, listeners, mm. ever drink tea again? Yes. 
Probably. We'll yeah. have to live with this. Yeah. I'm sorry in advance. It's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'm happy to say we've got answers to both of those questions. And to begin, we need to head back in time to a time when people really had the best hopes and dreams for the future. A future full of flying cars and teleportation. Oh, God, my friends, it's 1969, and Apollo 11 just landed on the moon. I was really hoping you were building up to 2016. Or no, 2019. <laughs> 2019. 2019, the year of dreams. It's, right. it's, we're never going to dream that big again. No. No. That was, that was peak. That was, that was peak. That was Anything peak. could happen. And then we fucking horribly crashed. Yeah, wow. plummeted. We're never God, coming back. Never. <laughs> never, never hope. That's nope. It. Never hope. Hope is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about uh, the Apollo 11, please. Uh, yeah, so Apollo 11 just landed on the moon, and after bopping around on the lunar surface, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin had the task of bagging up space rocks and moon dust, just like any other tourist on a beach in an exotic land. I love that image of them in their um, together. space suits. Mm-hmm. Just a couple. Just hanging out, <laughs> picking up shells and, and planning their retirement. That's right. so cute. That's <laughs> so cute. Just Neil and Buzz. Yeah. Aww. BFF. <laughs> with the, on a tree with the hard hard. <laughs> Okay, I'll stop talking. (laughs) So they brought back nearly 48 pounds, or 21.6 kilos, for analysis here on Earth. And why is that? Well, for you see, my friends, back in the late 60s, scientists had ideas and hypotheses about what the surface of the moon was composed of, but no one had physical samples to confirm. We really didn't know shite. Yeah. Yeah. So... Doctor, you're welcome. <laughs> Just doing my part <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> Shit, you got me. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. about their favorite episode of Queer Eye right now. And you just know when Jonathan is high, when he just oh, yeah. responds with like exude, like really excited one word answers. Like oh, someone so will be like, and last year my father died, but now we're going to cut my hair. And, and Jonathan will just be like, fun. And it's so awesome. It's the best. It's the best it's thing in the world. Look the out for it. So, yeah, so... So when this bag of goodies made its way back to Earth, it became the most popular and sought-after powder in the world. I'm sorry, cocaine. Ouch. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, from the 1970s spring issue of the journal Minnesota Science, please tell us who got their hands on the stuff. I would love to talk about it. All right, quote, over 500 scientists from nine nations hurried through Final preparations to study the first extraterrestrial materials brought back by astronauts. Uh, among those scientists, <laughs> I'm they so excited. Yeah, I, I was pumped. Um, okay, among those scientists awaiting the return of Apollo 11 was a woman entomologist, Marion Brooks, an associate professor from the Department of Entomology, Fisheries, and Wildlife on the university's St. Paul campus. This woman's killing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Professor Brooks 
was appointed as a special uh, <laughs> was appointed as a special consultant to NASA almost 6 months before the historic Apollo 11 flight. Her appointment followed that of two other university scientists, geologist V Rama Murthy and Robert Pepin, a physicist both named as principal investigators and Quote, all right, we've got Professor Brooks. She's next in line after these physicist people. And <laughs> she's going to take a look at this. That's dust. right. That's right. She's super fucking important. Yes, my <coughs> friends. My friends, Gasp, a woman entomologist. Whoa. That's right. Was asked to advise NASA on its testing program for live invertebrates. And one specific ex- experiment in this program was to study the effect of insect consumption of lunar soil. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's go for it. So it's the 60s. It's the wacky 60s. So wacky. (laughs) Again, so great. (laughs) So to do this, she and her team gathered some cuties, including commercial oysters, pink shrimp, the German cockroach. Yes. Put a pin in it. Houseflies, the greater wax moth, guppies, and the mummy chog which sounds complicated, but it's just a small fish. I feel like this was a very interesting room to be in. Yes, yes. You really want to gross someone out. This is yeah. the room so to fucking, take them to. This is either the most random or the most specific list of things. Yeah. And honestly, they were chosen for the most American reason. Oh my God. They're easy creatures to care for oh. and you don't have to do much. <laughs> That's so American. Yes. I thought you were going to say if you put them all together, you get a gun or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but I'm literally not kidding. Quote from the journal, quote, all animals were selected on the basis that they are easy to handle and care for and are relatively common. Amazing. Each had been studied thoroughly by scientists in the past. And so the NASA advisors were intimate with all phases of their life history. End quote. So they didn't have to do shit. High five. So easy, and you can eat two of them afterwards. That's right. So delicious. <laughs> Get some cocktail sauce and some lemon. Maybe a little vinegar. There You're you go. good to go. I like joy. I like how you think. That's yeah. Right. Everything is food. <laughs> I'm not even hungry. Okay. So. <laughs> now, being that scientists didn't know much about moon dust at the time, they played it safe and quarantined the four and a half billion year old stuff in a vacuum chamber for several weeks. Oh, that's so annoying. Can you imagine? They're all yeah, like, wait. they're all like foaming at the mouth, ready to feed it to some shrimp. <laughs> that's right. And then eat the shrimp. And then eat the shrimps. That's, that's what they're really trying we gotta to do. We gotta wait, guys. We gotta wait. <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, would you like to tell us what the little creatures were doing during this time? I would absolutely love to. All right, from the journal, quote, all animals were placed in germ-proof plexi glass chambers two weeks prior to testing so they would be fully acclimated to their new homes yeah and quote so they moved in they moved in they got they got cozy a little house- <laughs> <laughs> right. like housewarming they had a little housewarming everyone got cozy and when it was deemed safe the four and a half pound sample of moon dust was ground up into even smaller particles no larger than two microns. Fun. That's right. It's fun and it sounds super fucking small. And it is. Yes. For perspective, human hair is on average 70 microns thick. These were just two. Oh. So, so tiny. Oh, I feel like that's very easy to lose. Yes, it is. Oh, no. Super easy to lose and easy for shrimp and cockroaches. 
yeah, yeah. this is true to to eat <laughs> so after being ground down all that powder was then divided into two piles like some scene in a pablo escobar flick amazing uh, one pile was sterilized, which means it was exposed to 320 degree Fahrenheit heat for 16 hours. Wow. And the other pile was left just as is. Amazing. Now, for the experiment, some animals received the sterilized stuff, okay? And some got that sweet, sweet raw moon dust. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And for the control group, well, those animals were given no moon dust. They were not invited to the party. Sucks for them. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so stupid. Sorry. Okay. You're, okay. You're okay. Let it out. Ah. So you might be asking, how do you get cockroaches to munch on this stuff anyway? Good question. Quote, some animals were inoculated with dust. Okay. Some received portions mixed with their food or water. Okay. And others just walked or crawled through the dust spread around on the bottom of their containers. Those are the fun ones. Those are the fun, just rolling around, just flopping around in it. Just the party animals right there. That's right. The, the Kate Mossies of the group. <laughs> It's like their own cocaine. Exactly. Yeah. Moon dust. <laughs> Moon dust. That's what they're calling it. Yep. Uh, end quote from the journal. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, why don't you do the honors for us? After four and a half pounds of powder was pulverized, divided up, and consumed, what were the surprising results? They had a great time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, they did. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, quote, none of the animals that died... Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, quote, none of the animals that died during the Apollo 11 tests suffered any harm from the lunar dust. In fact, an untreated group of fish sustained uh, the highest mortality rate. They were killed when a bottle of sodium hypochlorite, a disinfecting agent, was accidentally spilled. <laughs> Come the 60s, Jesus, releasing fumes throughout the lab because everyone was high. Uh, their tank happened to be located nearest to the lab's ventilation system, which spread the fumes. Mm. A few oysters also died because uh, they fouled their own water, end quote, from the Minnesota Journal. <laughs> what does that mean? Did they kill themselves? So. Oh, my God. They hated it there so so much that uh. <laughs> killed themselves. I'm laughing too hard about this. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Yeah. It, so those two things happened, and um, <laughs> <laughs> these whoopsie daisies uh, did not seem to affect the experimental groups. So the experiment continued until those animals passed away naturally. Okay. And when their bodies were analyzed, uh, everything looked good on oh. the yeah, on the outside and turns out everything inside those creatures seemed to be a-okay as well. Cool. NASA scientists prepared slides of the animals' tissues and Dr. Brooks took a look-see determining no pathologic conditions were caused by the dust. She found no disease or anything that looked sus. Amazing. Well, yeah. So it's just just regular old dirt. It's regular old dirt, but put a pin in that. Okay. The only thing harmful in the room was a clumsy human. So round of applause to that person for dropping the thing. Well done. Excellent. So, my friends, the moon dust was so safe for these invertebrates, the lunar particles didn't even damage the cockroaches' stomach cells. Oh, wow. And get this. Cockroaches have cuticles under their abdomens. Okay. And those weren't even scratched up 
or damaged from walking on the stuff. It was like a day at the beach for them. Oh. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Dr. Brooks told the journal, quote, We thought when the moon sample was ground up that there would be sharp, jagged edges, but there were no signs of abrasion or scratches, end quote. Hmm, now, so. when I'm not comparing things to Marvel, I am thinking <laughs> I am thinking the other thought I think about a lot of things, which is, if I put it on my face, will it make me look better? Mm. So now I'm like, oh my God, what if you exfoliate it with moon dust? And because ah. it doesn't have any sharp edges, like a lot of exfoliants, physical exfoliants, um, it won't leave little tiny tears. Some exfoliants that are made out of apricots seeds, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh-huh. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> yeah, I going. really went, but keep they can going. create little micro tears on your face. It's really yeah. bad. Or so the internet told me. Yeah. So I wonder if this wouldn't. Anyways, oh. end of my skincare concerns. I'm glad you brought that up because we really? actually are going to talk about what it does to people. Oh, 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 Uh-oh. oh, oh, <laughs> so, good things. This is, should I buy it? It's <laughs> a perfect segue into our next section oh. here. So does this mean we should pound moon dust? Yeah. Close? Absolutely not. Okay. Got it, <laughs> so, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Now, cockroaches are practically indestructible, yeah. as we all know. Yeah. Humans are far from that. Yeah. We are delicate things, and boy, howdy, so are our lungs. Seriously. Yes. So, Dr. Marissa, would you like to take turns explaining why we shouldn't stick our faces in this stuff? I mean, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> all right. All right, go Let's- Let's talk about our lungs. All right. From science.nasa.gov, quote, Russell Kirchman, a pathologist at uh, the NASA Ames Research Center, is studying the effects of mineral dust on human health. NASA is now planning to extend people to to send... NASA, I got this, NASA is now planning to send people back to the moon and on to Mars. Both are dusty worlds, extremely dusty. Inhaling that dust, says Kirchman, could be bad for astronauts. Mm -hmm. The real problem is the lungs. Really? He explains. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. In some ways, lunar dust resembles the silica dust on Earth that causes silicosis, a serious disease. Oh. Even though it sounds silly. Silicosis. It sounds hilarious, <laughs> to be honest. Got yes. a case of the silicosis. Oh, the silicosis. Oh. So, silicosis, which used to be called stone grinder's disease. I think we should go back to calling <laughs> yes. it that. That sounds much more serious. Uh, stone grinder's disease, uh, which, first came to, which first came into widespread Oh my God, now we I got, got it. We got this. I know, it's contagious. <clears throat> Which first came to widespread public intention during the Great Depression, when hundreds of miners drilling the Hawk's Nest Tunnel in West Virginia died within a half decade of breathing in fine quartz dust. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, continuing the quote. Quartz, the main cause of silicosis, is not chemically poisonous. You could eat it and not get sick. He continues, but when quartz is freshly ground into dust particles smaller than 10 microns and breathed into the lungs, they can embed themselves deeply into the tiny alveolar sacs, alveolar sacs and ducts, end quote. Which if you've ever seen them, they look like little broccolis in your your chest. Anyways. 
quartz. Who knew? There you go. Could kill you in, in my my ten micron or less or less. Shape. <laughs> kill you in ten microns or less. Yeah, watch out for those crystals. So, continuing the quote, uh, lunar dust being a compound of silicon like quartz is to our current knowledge also not poisonous, but like the quartz dust in the hawk's nest tunnel, is extremely fine and abrasive, almost like powdered glass. Oh, God. Yeah. Astronauts on several Apollo missions found that it clung to everything and was almost impossible to remove. What? Once tracked inside the lunar module, some of it easily became airborne, irritating lungs and eyes, end quote. Oh my god, that's so scary. Yeah, it's fucked up. <gasps> Little tiny rocks getting in my eyes <laughs> and lungs. Think of like a day at the beach, but it's like a day at the beach everywhere. Yeah. 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 It's never ending. <laughs> I mean, if if I didn't want to go to space before, I really <laughs> let's just never go are you okay with not going to space? Totally okay. Okay, I just had to triple check I'm okay for with the eight hundredth time. I'd rather go to the beach. Let's do that. It's so much easier. Yeah. 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 Go, just Agreed. go to the beach. Let's do it. Okay. So, my friends, you can make a moon smoothie if you're so damn compelled. Just don't leave the container open for too long or spill it because yeah. no one needs stone grinder's disease. Oh, my God. Oh. No thanks. <laughs> right. No thanks. I'm good. Yeah. We've got the COVID and now the monkey pox. So, we're good. We're good. I think we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're good. pretty good in the, we're good. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> so... After the break, is anyone up for a cup of tea? Always. Well, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) There's also a secret ingredient in that, but don't worry, it's not poisonous either. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And my friends, DNA sequencing is getting wild. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering. Yes. For real. This technology has come so far, we can even tell which creepy crawly scooted its ass across your tea leaves. Oh, that is that is freaky. That that's, is freaky. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I don't know if I'm ready, but I'll make myself ready. Please tell me everything. Uh, Dr. Marissa, I'm sure we have some concerned tea drinkers out there, yeah. so let's not bury the details any longer. Let's get into it. First, please tell us what exactly researchers were looking for and why. Let's... <laughs> Let's get into let's get into these researchers. All right. From Rachel Funnel at LiveScience.com, quote, the study published in the Journal of Biology Letters looked for the presence of environmental DNA or eDNA in dried tea leaves and herbs bought from food stores in Germany. This is very specific. (laughs) Uh, E-DNA samples are a bit like genetic breadcrumbs left behind by living things, and they can be enriched and sequenced as a way of working backwards to establish what species uh, are living in certain environments. End quote. So E-DNA is left around by... Anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. And we can use it to figure out where they've been. Exactly. Oh, look at exactly. that. Look at me processing information quickly. <laughs> I did it. Yes. My friends, researchers from Germany's Trier University did the most organized German thing, which is catalog every creature that came into contact with dried plant matter, i.e. tea leaves. There you go. Now, if eDNA sounds familiar... You're right. We brought it up back in episode 095. Oh, hey, they're not extinct after all. 
when eDNA revealed our butt-breathing turtle friend... Arwen's turtle! That's right! That's right. Oh, the best turtle! <laughs> Sorry, I'm that's, fine. That's totally, totally true and totally valid. Yes. The Irwin's turtle was still found to be alive, alive and well, despite not being seen for 25 years. What a hero. That's right. Put a pin in that, too. Will always do. <laughs> now, similar methods were applied to these local products. And hold on to your butts, because on samples of chamomile, mint and green tea, parsley, and much, much more, researchers detected a total of 1,279 species. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of, uh, of eDNA. Mm. That's a ton. Sure is. That's a ton. And we can narrow this down a little more. Okay. This is how crazy it gets. Okay. okay. Now, if you're wondering how many species were found on one sample, I got you here too. Quote, each separate sample recovered more than 200 taxonomic units on average, with green tea showing the highest mean variety of bug eDNA. End quote. From the study. So when you drink green tea, you are filling your body with (laughs) bug e DNA. You are drinking it at least 200 taxonomic units. But like, that's not bad (laughs) for you, right? Oh no. E DNA? It's fine. It was just a little, so a whisper of a, yes, whisper of a bug. It's fine. It's a shadow of a, it's it's just merely a, it's fine. So to complete my sentence. I don't know. It's, a, mm, it's delicious. There you go. It's, it's what makes the... And anyway, it's the earthy flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, the info provided here by scientists isn't to gross you out. All of this incredible detail is actually about really important stuff. Conservation. Oh, I love conservation. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. eDNA sequencing is proving to be a kick-ass, non-invasive way to see who is around and how they're doing like the Irwin's turtle, and insects, which is important when it comes to pollination and detecting invasive species. But don't take my word for it, Dr. Marissa. Please tell us, what did researchers have to say about this discovery on stuff as simple as tea leaves? I would love to talk about it. All right, quote, the authors say this method of analysis could be used to trace the origin of illegal plant material confiscated by customs. (laughs) Great. The technique could also be used to detect agricultural pests, monitor anthropods and anthropod plant interactions and monitor bug diversity. eDNA can be enriched and sequenced, allowing researchers to characterize biological communities without the need for collecting actual specimens. End quote from newshub.co.n. Z. So you can do all kinds of shit with this, including being a total narc, you know? Be, yeah, being a total narc, and we can solve cases with a cup of tea. I How love that. Cool is that. I would love, can we just solve more murder cases? Yes! With, with tea? We you totally, totally can do that. I love it. You totally do it. Let's get on it. Hurry up. <laughs> so, solve some, there's so many out there. One's so got to be fixable with tea. <laughs> so, my friends, the future is now... Which is nice because I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. So, the end. There you go. There you go. What a lovely way to (laughs) sign off. Now I'm thinking about the future. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about 
the time some wacky scientists fed moon dust to cockroaches, it happened. Yeah, it so happened. <laughs> it so happened. A lot of them died, but not for reasons you think. Yeah, it was just the people. <laughs> That's right. Because we're murderers. <laughs> All of us. Oh, God. We don't, we don't need to do eDNA for that. No, we no. just know. It's everyone's guilty. <laughs> so, uh, and please, stay interesting. Please do.